We who believe in freedom cannot rest. We who believe in freedom cannot rest until it comes. We who believe in freedom. Hello, you're listening to the Mother's Death Show on 11:50 a.m. KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Joy. On the air. I hope you can. And I think you know we. This weekend was a lot more peaceful than last weekend. At the end of the show, I'll talk a little bit about what was going on in our press conference uh, uh, that we had uh, uh, this past last week. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and bring uh, my uh, local guest on, Mr. Eddie Rye. He's going to give us an update. And, and after that, I do have a Ms. Uh, uh, Veda. Uh, actually, she's in Puerto Rico. So she'll be on uh, in the next uh, after first break. So how you doing, Mr. Rye? Just fine, Reverend Harry. And how you been? Thank you. Can you hear me now? I think you're on mute. I don't think I am. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Okay. Uh, no, everything is uh, uh, looking up uh, uh, in, in one regard, but everything is looking tragic on another regard. We look about this Delta variant and these people not being vaccinated. And you got uh, the, primarily these governors are telling people that uh, school districts will not be funded if they have a mass mandate. And the kids we're talking about aren't old enough or eligible to get the vaccine. And this variant is so uh, uh, contagious that, you know, uh, a lot of folks are going to be in trouble. And, you know, to have this Governor DeSantis in Florida talk about uh, being as open as he wants to have everybody and have kids going to school with no mask and no mandate. Uh, and Florida is just really uh, off the charts when it comes down to hospitals being you know, so that's that's one of the things that's really foremost on my mind. Everything can be going great, but we have to close down again. And there's not enough hospital beds. And like right now, we're still recovering from COVID-19 in terms of uh, various parts for automobiles. Uh, you know, you go by Starbucks and they're out of certain uh, items. And uh, so this is all because of the fact that commerce completely slowed down. So I'm just hoping that people do the right thing and protect yourself. If you don't want to protect yourself, protect other people. Uh, <clears throat> in terms of uh, the, the local uh, 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 situation, uh, I'll share with you before we went on the air that I went, did go down to Tacoma last night. Uh, the Kinsey Art uh, uh, Exhibit, uh, uh, African Art and uh, History Collection is at the Tacoma Art Museum. It'll be there until uh, uh, throughout November. And I would encourage everyone to go and it's amazing how some of these folks like Wayne Williams, who was on this home advisory board uh, to get the black collective involved. Uh, and uh, the, the gentleman, uh, Bernard Kinsey, they were worked at, at, at uh, Xerox together and had a whole history there about how they developed talent, which is always good to hear about how we get some folks inside of corporate America, don't lose their identity and bring others along. And I think that that's one of the things that I appreciated so much about the late Arthur Fletcher a Republican who was my mentor, but he was also about as known as a father of affirmative action, taught me a lot about how the government process go and how we had to keep our eyes specifically. He said, you know, I want to help all minorities, but if black people are left out, then we're not really helping it. We're not helping ourselves. So some people get a little, a little upset. Even when I, I've been imploring the members of the Congressional Black Caucus to have a federal designation for African descendants of the United States enslaved in every federal agency. I mean, after 400 years, 254 is chattel slavery, and then we can't have, you know, and people will tell you in a minute, oh, we need to forget the past. No, we're not gonna forget black history. <laughs> and as far as I'm concerned, all, because there's a lot of uh, attitudes with some of the newer immigrants, the, anybody getting a, a, a citizenship need to have a black history lesson to let them know it's black, black history is American history. And also, instead of folks demonizing us, we've been the most patriotic group in this country. You know, <laughs> we went to war to defend America, came back to segregation, racism, and discrimination. Uh, not on right. not on one war, but four of them. And it's not getting any better right now with the rhetoric that's coming out of the far right. Uh, not the far right, they're white supremacists. So I call them who they are. This following Donald but Trump. But you know what, uh, you're so right about that. Yeah, but I found out something yesterday that you probably already know. Did you know about the uh, coup, the Wellington, Will, Will, North Carolina coup in the 1800s that uh, went in there 
Uh, this was during Reconstruction when you had all black people there in the, uh, in the state of North Carolina. Uh, and they went in there and they overthrew the, uh, overthrew the election, uh, killed 60 mm -hmm. people and put, uh, black people, put white people in charge and, uh, and started this whole ring uh, uh, of uh, white supremacy uh, and locking people out of the vote when, uh, when it was a, a, a legal, uh, legal election. So I don't be talking about that in here, but that's a piece of history. So they've already had a coup in America that opened in the election and nothing was done about it. So, it I don't know, it, you probably, you probably been, already knew about that. I knew your daughter probably know Miss Angela. <laughs> probably already yeah. knew about that. Well, you, you, you remember me, at, so, uh, after after anyway, the Civil War Reconstruction? You no, know, I was just saying that you know we had over right. a thousand elected and appointed officials uh, down south after Reconstruction. Now they were running cities, counties, and states. Right. They were the sheriffs of, of parishes in Louisiana. The lieutenant governor of, of uh, Louisiana was black. The secretary of state in South Carolina was black. And then that racism kicked in. Just think, if we had all those positions and 40 acres, we would own the South because more black people than white people after okay. after after slavery. So that's why they, well, and then they, uh, and Andrew Johnson, those guys made that deal, turned the Klan and the white supremacists loose on the black folks, and they could okay. kill, rape, mayhem, take their land, destroy their property. And so, and now we're going back really to the same thing. We have the civil rights struggles in, in the 60s, give us the Civil Rights Act of 64, the Voting Rights Act of 65, Fair Housing of 68. We have that for 12 years, and here comes Ronald Reagan, and they talk about he was a great president. Ronald Reagan was not great for black folks in America, y'all. No. I don't let nobody tell you that Ronald Reagan was great. He defunded all the programs, the great society programs that were put in place by the struggles of Martin Luther King, John Lewis, Fannie Lou Hamer, and other folks, Ida B. Wells, all those brothers and sisters, got for us. And Ronald Reagan defunded all of them. And so, uh, you know, uh, he might have been great for Mr. Mordrop, tear down that wall. Well, Ronald Reagan, you build a wall for the black folks. It locked, locked, locked us out of educational opportunities, uh, economic opportunities, and a lot of other opportunities. And you instilled some of the most draconian uh, law enforcement uh, issues that's ever been told. That's how uh, we ended up with all this uptick of all these people being arrested was start, started with Ronald Reagan. So uh, I think that one of the things we do have to do is we got to let everybody know we're serious about having the right to vote. Yeah, we, we are serious about having the right to vote because you and I have a lived experience of Jim Crow. Most yes. people don't. I mean, although I, you moved up here, so your folks had more of an experience than you did, but as you moved here, but uh, you know, before you were, you know, before you were an adult. But uh, and this is what I'm talking to people about. If you don't understand what Jim Crow is, then and people say nothing changed. A lot of things did change. I mean, now, but but we, but uh, now with what they want to do. I mean, you know, you know why I'm, I'm I'm upset with the Democrats. The Democrats should be using Stacey Ingram to go to every state. This is a lady who had to win. The Democrats want they don't know how to win. They really don't. I mean, they don't have to win. They should be using this lady, not using her, but sending her out because she knows what to do. Because in Georgia, if poor white people who got for uh, for uh, 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 for Biden too, because you understand both. And then my grandmother taught me, Miss Acacia Salisbury, when she was down there uh, going to school in, uh, in Atlanta. But grandma, 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 it's poor white people who can't get the vote either because they, they moved all oxes and they can't get a chance to get to the polls. So uh, that voter suppression also uh, hurts uh, our poor white people who might want to vote another ticket. See? Yeah, that's what I know. It's going to hurt. And I think it's Well, I should have said. Yeah, yeah, I second the motion on having Stacey Abrams be the lead person. But, uh, you know, you have some of the Democrats like Charlemagne the God said that, you know, uh, the speech that uh, that uh, President Biden gave about organizing. Well, we don't have to organize. We have rights. So uh, James, James Carville, you know, the Cajun political commentator with Charlemagne is now he's now he's Charlemagne is not naive. Now everybody is saying the same thing, including members of his own party. The president's got to be stronger on protecting our rights to vote. And they're, right. we're that's supposed right. to be protected by the Constitution. That's right. But because he was in the North. He was in the North. He was in Congress for a while. I mean, but what we have to, who have had the lived experience, we need to be leading this. Because a lot of the Democrats' family 
I mean, remember, remember the Dixocrats uh, 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 was there. They were the people who fought it. Some of the Dixocrats are in the Republican Party, but some of them got family that's still in the Democratic Party in the South. No, that's that's yeah. true. Well, it comes down like you know Sorry. you have many black folks as we have in Mississippi. Congressman Benny Thompson is the only black in the congressional delegation in Mississippi, and a lot of that has to do well, with like they're they not counting all the votes. Oh, exactly. And then they also have uh, well, you know how that racism goes down there. But again, it's just not down there. It was up here too. So that's the other thing. I understand that now uh, they're proposing to put the entire Seattle area into the seventh congressional district. They're proposing to take uh, Representative Sharon Tomiko Santos's district and cut out Renton, Skyway, and other parts of where we mainly are, and a lot of people of color are, and change their district so that it won't look like the 37th district again. So those are some things that we have to keep an eye on to make sure that that. nobody draws the lines and gerrymander us out. That's right. That's right. That's that's right. Well, you know, thank you so much uh, for always bringing and coming on and give us an update on what you're working on. And I know that we're going to be working on it. I mean, we need lots of information about the redistricting and how we can make an impact, how our black people can show up to make an impact and say, no, you're not going to you're not going to divide us up so that we don't have any power. And if that's what's if that's what's coming. We have to be ready for that and be ready have, to organize. All right. I just have one but suggestion. Thank you so much. Reverend Harry, before we go, I would suggest that uh, members of the congressional delegation are home for the vacation. So I would suggest that you call your member of Congress with whatever your recommendations, demands, or concerns are, okay. and get on their radar screen like right away. They, they home today. Okay, so thank you very much, Reverend Harry. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. You listen to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. I'll be right back. More and more these days, it feels like sports are losing out to hype. Who dissed who? Who signed the fattest contract? Who got busted for cheating? Lost 2 is the unique capacity sports have to inspire us, to unite us. Well, great news, sports fans. Sports are still being played for the right reasons. They're still as entertaining as they are character building. You just have to know where to find it. And you only have to look as far as your local Washington High School. You know, the place where the games are exciting, concessions are affordable, and the parking is free. Where the emphasis is on hustle and heart instead of hype. If you prefer real, honest-to-goodness sport played for all the right reasons, you'll find it at your hometown high school, High School Sports. Games are being played this weekend at a Washington High School near you. Okay, everybody, who's in? This message presented by the Washington Interscholastic Activities Association and the Washington State Secondary Athletic Administrators Association. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKM NW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. It's my joy to be on the air. I just have a great time on the air. I want to bring in my next guest. Uh, she's no stranger to Mother's Justice Show. I mean, she lives by coastal. <laughs> I want to bring on Miss Judith Vega, and she's uh, actually speaking from Puerto Rico today. How are you doing, Judith? I'm good. Hi to everybody. Nice to be with you. I've missed everyone. Oh, uh, thank you so much for saying yes. And we found some music to make you comfortable. And to- <laughs> we appreciate that. It's perfect also. Yeah. Also, uh, before we get started, I did uh, I looked up the uh, meaning of the bona uh, of the music 
uh, and it talked about it was part of the revolution that the music uh, uh, that was used uh, from the ancestors who was brought to the island uh, uh, from, from, from the native land, uh, the mighty continent of Africa, and they used this uh, uh, music uh, and dancing for, uh, for, for camaraderie, for, for liberation, and, uh, and all of that. So why don't you just, let's, let's start with this wonderful music, because I always like to empower and uh, you know, let our audience know something about how we're all connected. So we're, we're all connected in, in some way or another. So if you could just tell us about this beautiful music. Okay, well, this is, um, I believe that's Ismael Rivera, Ismael Rivera that was singing. And he's uh, very dear to our heart in terms of um, Afro-Boricua movement. He has a song that we all really love that talks about the beautiful faces of my Black people. Um, and he used uh, the rhythms that he built on is both bomba, um, which is our uh, rhythms that we brought that are uh, Puerto Rican African rhythms that were used for people to rest and also for people to send out uh, information um, with the drums. And they got us through a lot. Um, and so we, we build on that on that kind of music that's called bomba. And then we have plena, which he is very famous for because plena is sort of like rap music and it just, it, it tells the news of the day in the state of affairs. Um, and that's what he's talking about in this song. And he talks about the flag and talks about some of the things that are going on. And so um, there was a time when we had a gag order in Puerto Rico where we were not allowed to play the bomba rhythms. Um, it was wow. a leap. Wow. Thank but, you. I, I didn't know that, man. <laughs> and he actually built on that and they built on that and and um, and took it to the place of what we, we now know as salsa, um, mm. which has that that base and that tradition, that African tradition of both bomba and plena. And then he, they built on that and brought it to New York City. Um, and made it part of our New Yorican movement also and our contribution back to the island. Wow. I mean, one thing, one thing that we all have in common is we have not given up our desire to be free. No matter how long uh, we have uh, been away from home. I and mean, not just our desire to be free, but our willingness to practice our freedom. Right. You know, even just we, we embrace our rhythms as a way of exercising our freedom. And that's just one of those things that is very powerful and it has given us strength to overcome so much um, all over the world, but in particular in, in, in the Americas. Wow. And then, you know, that's why music uh, is so important. And I was thinking, I, I was talking to some of my esoteric friends and I was thinking, about what if uh, our ancestors uh, I could uh, bring music back? I mean, you know, because you and I have similar beliefs about ancestors and they, they just beyond view. But the ones who was musicians could, um, could actually be, uh, you know, uh, helping bring music back in a different way to be able to heal the people again. I mean, because uh, right now what's going on, and we'll get to talk about what's going on in uh, Puerto Rico, but uh, what's going on in the world. I mean, it's a lot of sorrow. Uh, it's a lot of people who have not been able to grieve. A lot of people have lost family members and the violence is escalating in our community. And uh, there is music of the spheres. And I know that the ancestors know how to play it. And uh, so when I be talking to my esoteric friends, I said, wow, what would that new symphony look like if Prince was leading something and Michael Jackson and you know the people from your island I mean, because to me, they're still people. So, I mean, you know, I got this weird belief system and it's okay because it's mine. I'm, I'm not proselytizing. <laughs> so, I mean, what would happen? It's like this music that would come, come back to the planet and be something that would lift us up, you know, because we need to be lifted. And one of the things about music and, and poetry and the arts, because you know all about that and your work that you continuously to do, there's something about that that lifts you and once you can get lifted above the fray, then you can think a clear thought. You can have 
you can you can actually strategize a revolution. <laughs> if you get lifted up enough, <laughs> you can you can strategize a revolution. So anyway, that's what I keep holding in concert because you know you know Prince got some good music. You know what I mean? <laughs> there are some beautiful rhythms and some beautiful music out there. Um, and and some rhythms and music that is particular to lift our spirits. Yes. Um, and to keep us going. Um, and I think it's important for us if we have the opportunity to, to tap into that, um, to rediscover it and to reinvent it if necessary. Yes. Uh, we definitely, I think that our spirits as communities can really use that. I do too. Yes. So yeah, you at your beautiful place. I mean, you at that beautiful island. I still yet has to go there. I mean, Chikundi has been there. I think twice. Uh, you know Chikundi. Uh, uh, so he's been there twice uh, uh, over to uh, to uh, Puerto Rico. But I do know that the people are beautiful. And I grew up uh, in Florida when I went to school. Uh, Puerto Ricans that came from New York City, or I don't know where they came from, but I know that they went to they went to elementary school with us uh, in Florida and segregated Florida at that time so uh beautiful people and uh and and own you know not, not afraid to own uh you know uh, the africanness i mean you know why uh, because um we all got here by some way of uh, of africa and i know that uh, I, I just always love hearing what you have to say about the beauty of the people because once i read something about about it was on your page years ago about the beauty of the black people or something. And I called you up and I asked, what is this about? And you broke it down for me about the beauty. And I'm saying, oh, okay. Because <laughs> most people, a lot of times people don't think that, don't think that out loud. And, you, and it was so beautiful to, to hear you say it and then to see it on your page. That was years ago when I saw that, because I called you. <laughs> I think it was, um, we have this poet, Pietri, and he, um, writes a poem that ends with a line that says, I come from a place where to be called black is to be called love. Yes. Could you say that again? I mean, I, I, my listeners need to hear that. Say it once again, Miss, I, I, I do this, please. <laughs> from a place where to be called black is to be called love. Yeah. yeah wow. Yeah. Is he, still, is he still on the planet, this poet that you're talking about? moved on um well probably about i think over 30 years now he's been gone a while but he yeah. left us lots of work and lots yeah. of inspiration yeah well when you get off if you could text me his name I'd, I'd really want to go and research and do some i always like to go off on tangents when somebody give me some information you know i just love to go read and learn more about it so uh but i love that too <laughs> it, just, it just makes you feel good because our young folks need to be lifted, you know, I mean, because you and I know that the more lifted they are, the more that they will make better choices. They will choose that life over death. Right. They will choose life and knowing that life has something for them and they don't have to hurry to get out of the body. Part of, part of colonialism is that your life can be so degraded and so hard until part of you are, is longing to move on to the next plane of existence and mm -hmm. uh and uh and, and what you're talking about and what we're talking and then when they're lifted then they see that there's something for them to do on the planet they right. choose life they mm -hmm. choose life over choosing death see so um anyway well tell me about your beautiful homeland and i know that you're there and uh i know there's a lot of stuff going on so let's just spend the next uh we'll take a break in about uh, 15 minutes and uh you know, you can just uh, just tell me, tell me, you know, paint a picture of uh, Puerto Rico for us. Well, right now we're in celebration mode because we okay. just um, we just earned our second gold medal in the Olympics. Um, <laughs> Very good. So, um, and that was brought to us by um, Jasmine Quinn, Jasmine Camacho Quinn. So she has she she puts her mom's she hyphenates her mom's name. Camacho, and her father's name is Quinn. Um, and she has lived all of her life in the United States. She just, uh, her mother's from Puerto Rico, from Trujillo Alto. And she made a decision to actually represent Puerto Rico at the Olympics. And she did an outstanding job. 
and she brought us the gold and we just all happy and celebrating. And um, so it's a joyful day for us um, because we, one of the things that we hold dear to our heart is our sovereignty, our sports sovereignty. Um, so the Olympics is one of the few arenas um, internationally where we actually are able to represent as a nation um, and not as a territory of the U.S. Oh, and really? So, yeah, oh, that's as a nation and we hold up our own flag and um, and we heard our own national anthem this morning. So <laughs> very, very proud and very, very pleased. And uh, I, I'm not I'm not watching that uh, right now, and so I don't know what sport she uh, uh, what got the goal in. What what does uh, was she a sprinter? She's a hundred. Her thing is a hundred meter hurdle. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. That means you're running and jumping at the same time. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. And she did a wonderful job, and she left people in the dust, and. Um, just did wonderful. She her performance was outstanding. She did break a little record there. Um, during during one of the not at this where she won the gold, but the the time before, she actually broke one of the records. So she made a new record, and we are very very proud of Jasmine. She um, it brings up all kinds of stuff for us because you know she's lived in the U.S. her whole life. Um, her parents were both athletes, and they. Um, let me show you, what did they say? They both were athletes at um, Charleston Southern University. Okay. Yeah, it used to be Baptist College back in the day. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So both of her parents were athletes there and her mom never got to go to the Olympics and so she really wanted to put this out there for her mom. Um, and that was wonderful. It brings up for us as a nation all kinds of things. She's lived her whole life in the United States. She doesn't speak Spanish very well. Um, <laughs> you know, and she hasn't spent a lot of time, if ever, on the island. Um, but she has the island in her heart. And um, and she just represents that community that, um, whether they call it moving or um, immigrating, but... Um, from a place of colonialism, it, it's our community living in exile. And as our more than um, half of the population of our country now lives in exile in the United States, um, it becomes even more important that that our offspring and our that our kids and our youth um, hold our history and our nation in their heart because it's the only way that we're gonna be able to survive as a nation. Wow. And the things what she got the goal in is is that uh, you know uh, uh, overcoming those hurdles. You know, I mean, it's like, I mean, it, it is so uh, uh, providential to what life is. You know, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's like wow. I mean, because when you was explaining that, uh, you know, like, like I said, I'm not watching it, uh, but when you explain it, I can see that they. I mean, I know that they they run and then they they jump the hurdle <laughs> and they keep going. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's basically what you're doing, uh, what Puerto Rico is continuing to do for 100 years, <laughs> you know? Exactly. And then she has to double do that, you know, because I love her optimism and, and I love her um, that she's such a self-assured person. Um, but as a black woman in, in this country, it, it's another hurdle. You know, right. Right. You know, She's, she she brought us the gold, but people are still questioning, well, you know, she never lived here. Well, she, you know, she don't look Puerto Rican. Well, I, she don't speak Spanish. Well, you know, like they're, they're finding all kinds of things. It's like, just show some gratitude, gratitude. Tight, you know, and just let's enjoy. Well, there's a scripture I don't know the name of. I don't know the correct scripture, but uh, it, it says about how people are. I played the symbol and you did not sing. I did this and you did not that. It's like sometimes we are chronically dissatisfied. Yes. No matter what we get. And then that keeps us, that keeps that keeps our our good away from us. Exactly. Because when, when we cannot delight in something that Providence has brought us, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, and uh, with sheer delight, 
and even if she has all of that, but you know, like Mary McLeod Mastoon said, Africa was born, the drums of Africa beat it, uh, beat in her heart. She never was, she never went to Africa either, you know, I mean, uh, and then if she went, she probably wouldn't know where, where her particular village was back in those days. But that love, that drum beating in her heart drove her to start uh, uh, Mary McLeod Mathum. Mm -hmm. So you cannot discount the drums that beat in people's hearts. So why uh, and and so uh, the drum of uh, uh, Puerto Rico is beating in her heart, okay. and uh, and, uh, and her and, and her folks and she's lived she's lived Puerto Rico through her parents' eyes, and then I'm sure that her folks was there and. In, in in New York City, taking her to places, you know, probably she was from she was probably knee high to a duck. She was going to places uh, with people and eating the food, hearing the music, uh, 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 and uh, and and associate and see herself as Puerto Rican. See, yeah, she says her mom was just her mom always put that out there, you know, because they were they were living in that in 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 a community where. The, the Puerto Rican presence wasn't as much. And mm -hmm. so her mom was really always pushing that out there and putting that out there and reminding them that, you know, this is a part of who you are also and also always putting that out. So I'm all about celebrating her today. I'm very happy and just very grateful. I'm just totally impressed by her performance. And she's a great role model for other kids in terms of discipline and skill and, and humbleness. And, and those are the words that actually translate into success, discipline, you know, and all of those words that you just said translate into success. And so I'm happy for it, too. In fact, when I get off, the, uh, I will go and look at it and uh, <laughs> and uh, see what I can repost on my page, because one of the things I know, and you, uh, you know this, too, that we're all one. Mm -hmm. And the sooner that we can recognize that, the sooner we can heal the world. There is this invisible cord that that actually that that connects people, and uh, and sometimes the younger people kind of know it and feel it. And I'm just I'm just happy that I have you on today, and that you can you can talk about this good news uh, because you know I mean the, the, your country I I, I need good news, uh, and I know that you're back there I uh, you know uh, as a caregiver and and just love for your uh, for your family, and uh, so I. Give us a little update about. Uh, I mean, I know Maria was uh, was not very kind uh, uh, to the island, and uh, and the previous person that was in this position too could could have done more, and did not bring the resources uh, 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 to Puerto Rico. And then you have that Bacon Act or some kind of act that keeps you all from uh, being able to get stuff directly. You got to come to America. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know the name of the act, but you know yeah. what I'm talking about. The Jones Act. The Jones Act. Yes. Okay, and that and then and that's to keep you poor. When I say you, you know, I mean to keep the island poor, because you have to pay more for goods and services than you would if they were just ship were just coming right there. You know. Well, the Jones Act makes it so that products can't leave or get to the island without coming on an American ship. Right. And so everything has to go to the U.S. before it comes here, and um, and it costs us all kinds of. of uh, there's a cost, um, monetary cost, but there's also the inconvenience, and there's also the the lack of control of any kind of trade. Right. Um, so the Jones Act it it doesn't just affect Puerto Rico, but it, it affects um, everything that is not continental. So Hawaii and Alaska and the Virgin Islands were affected by the Jones Act and are still to a certain um, to a certain extent in terms of, of goods being delivered to, to the countries. Um, so for us, during Maria, it, it became a, a, a serious challenge to even get goods and, and international aid to the island because of the Jones Act. And so what ended up happening was that they lifted it for 10 days. Um, and it really helped just a little bit because the, the amount of planning that has to go into it um, in order for things to actually get here, make it so that 10 days are over and, <laughs> and they just didn't make it here. So, 
We do. That's just like a minute. That mm -hmm. 10 days is just like a minute, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, we are still, it's almost four years since Maria, um, since the hurricanes, both Irma and Maria, which were back to back. And we are now just receiving the emergency aid and the, right. and the money to rebuild um, from Maria. And it's coming in, even though they're lifting, you know, they're, they're lifting the, the bands, um, it's coming in very slowly because it's coming in under certain conditions so that it's not just immediately just released, but um, it, it goes piece, part by part. There are these, um, these requirements that were attached to the money so that they're, they're released um, very slowly and, and specifically. But the money for Maria, the money for the, the earthquakes, the earthquake relief right after Maria, um, and then the pandemic, right? right? So it's all just getting here now. So it's like Christmas on the island right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because the money's just coming in, the money from, um, for example, from public schools for the meals. Right. Children couldn't go to school, so then they gave, they gave a reimbursement to the parents. Um, if they were in poor communities to make up for all of the money spent on meals. And so here, that money's just getting here. Um, and it's getting here with, with the money to rebuild some of their homes and some of the money from the pandemic that's just for spending. <laughs> so it's people are, are, are having a good time spending money right now. Was that, um, was that directly related to the, uh, the change of administration? Yes. And oh. because what happened is that during the Trump administration, the, during the Trump administration, it was all being held up. Right. The only money that came um, came in in a timely fashion here was the one for the pandemic. Okay. Um, but the earthquake relief and the money for the hurricane relief did not. It took almost three years for the emergency food stamps, which is supposed to be distributed within the first couple of weeks to get here. You know, three years. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so, so now it's all coming in and it's just like a flood of money. And while people are spending, um, then privatization is happening. Wow. Yeah. And so a lot of the small business that had to go um, because of the pandemic that didn't survive um, and a lot of uh, businesses are, are now having a really hard time because people got used to Amazon and ordering everything direct from the wow. U.S. kind of reaffirms the Jones Act in kind of in a way. Right. So instead of becoming more independent, we became more dependent, um, but people find it extremely convenient. Right. So as we enjoy the spending of money, there are some problems being right. created and anticipated. Well, let's, let's take a break and uh, come back and then talk about those problems, okay? Okay. We're going to take a break right now. You listen to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. We'll be right back. <laughs> pledged your life to serve, to make our country stronger, safer, more free, more equal. You worked tirelessly, made sacrifices, missed first steps and birthdays, lost loved ones. At VA, we don't see the setbacks endured. We see lessons applied and passion driving you upward and forward. We don't see all the masks you wear, but we hope you can set some aside. We embrace your uniqueness and won't trivialize your past, your fears, or your hardships. We can't promise to heal all wounds or wash away all trauma, but we do see hope, a path forward, a future. We see all veterans. We see you, an opportunity to help you achieve a new mission, 
whatever that may be. Learn how treatment works and recovery is possible. Visit maketheconnection.net. Hi, this is Dr. K. Mahina Intron, inviting you to tune in on Mondays on 1150 KKNW at 5 p.m. to Dr. K's Attuning to Your Abundance where we honor everyday abundance through positive messages, poetry, music, affirmations, and writing exercises. For more information, contact drkworkshops at gmail.com or Facebook, Dr. K's Abundance. Talk radio for the heart and soul. Alternative Talk 1150. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. My joy to be on the air. I want to thank you, Eric. You had both of us kind of like rocking over here with this music that you're playing here. That's uh, so familiar to my guest, uh, Ms. Judith Vegas. He's uh, uh, there in Puerto Rico right now and enjoying this music. Thank you so much. Welcome back, Judith. (laughs) Yes, I was saying thank you so much for the music because... um, that that is the bomba rhythm right there. And I was saying that um, the bomba rhythms, they vary a little bit from wherever you are, what area of the island you're from or what town. And so in Loisa, uh, where they have a very strong African presence, um, they drum really fast. Um, and, and the arms of the drummers, you know, they hit really hard. Yes. And so, um, it's it's recognizable like people here and it's like oh that's loisa you know there's some people here from loisa or from the what we call the eastern part of puerto rico i'm from the western part maya west and our bomba rhythm is a lot more controls okay. um, yeah nice. and we have my daughter shavali who lives in seattle she dances bomba and um they have their bomba group that um sharon cronin um oh yes i know her yeah, um, yeah, and she's been working with Shavali since Shavali was in preschool. Okay. Around Bomba Rhythms, and both Shavali and my son, Stephen. And um, at that time, my great-grandmother was still alive and was living with us in Seattle. And she was really, you know, from the couch, she was really directing and correcting and making sure that that it was all going well. And she would say, take off your shoes so you can feel the music. And it would really irritate her that that they dance with shoes on. So she's like, you got to take your shoes off and 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 drum outside in nature so that you can feel the energy. Right. Um, your feet. Yeah. yeah, that was a blessing to have that uh, uh, inner generation there with that uh, knowledge, you know. For sure, yeah. for sure. My great-grandparents actually met, my great-grandmother and my great-grandfather actually met dancing bomba. <laughs> yeah, that's, All right. they were at a at a bomba. We call it bembe when people just get together to drum and dance. Just right. Yeah. Well, the drums are so important to us. I mean, and to all mainly not only to us but all the other indigenous people uh, that that still uses the drum. Uh, you know, to be able to lift the spirits and to be able to do what's necessary with the drum. This ancient form of communication, and I'm glad that it's still going. Uh, so. Uh, couple of things about about uh, about uh, uh, Puerto Rico and getting goods and services with the money and people now. Uh, so what about uh, evictions? Uh, will you will the islands have a lot of people who's going to be evicted or might be evicted because they didn't have money to pay the rent? Is that is that's going to be coming to the islands also like it's coming to the United States? I mean, it won't be long. Right. Well, we it, it's a little bit different here because people were not anticipating that they were going to get any kind of help for for the rents, right? And so what what happens here is that people leave. You know, once they can't afford to pay the rent, um, people leave and not just leave the house, but a lot of people leave to the United States um, in order to, um, you know, to, to find possibilities. Now with the pandemic, that got really hard. Um, people, um, still did better, you know, when they were getting the unemployment, we were getting the same amount as in the U S and 
for people here, that was like, whoa, you know, <laughs> we're getting all this money. And so, yeah, now that they're offering this money for people who are who are behind on their rent, um, it's not so much an issue as it was in the United States, because when the pandemic money started coming in here, it actually was a lot more money than we're accustomed to having. Wow. Yeah. And so it kind of switched things around. Well, that's good. That's good because having four years of not getting uh, what you needed uh, and to be able to get something that, that, that you can need. And, you know, what I've seen here in Seattle and across the country is some of the people took their money. You know, you had people who took it, hid it on their basket. Some people did other stuff with it. And some people started businesses. There are more businesses now. And now, you know, the, uh, the ruling class, uh, you know, the people who own everything is saying these people don't want to work because they got that, uh, got the money. Now they don't want to work. Well, some people have found a way to, to be satisfied because really, I mean, everybody doesn't have to have two or $300,000. Some people have recognized that just making 70, 80 or whatever it is, uh, uh, money is, is okay. Uh, and they can live a joyful life because some people are choosing a joyful life. Uh, uh, and that means that you might not want to go back out there and be part of that other stuff because you're choosing a joyful life. See, Right. Well, the, the same thing happened here. Um, many people had to reinvent themselves and came right. up with small businesses. Um, I actually took an entrepreneur class and there were 65 other women from the Western region starting new businesses. Um, the thing is now, now that the pandemic is, you know, people are coming back. And, and businesses are coming back. Um, we have to find a way for, for the administration to continue to help these small businesses in order right. to stay competitive. Um, and so that's one of the challenges that we're having to look forward to. Right. Um, the other thing is, you know, they're saying the same thing here. People don't wanna work. They just wanna get that unemployment check and, um, <laughs> that now they don't want to come back and work, but that's not true. No. You know, what it's, what, and it's very unfair because yeah. if people actually make out better by not working, you know, that, that tells you something about the working conditions not being fair or proper. That's right, that's right. If you make right. out better by not working, <laughs> then there's something wrong with that picture, you know, because yeah. if, if you have to go back to work and you have to deal with childcare and you have to deal with lunch expenses and transportation um, and everything else, you know, the, the clothing and all of the other things that come up, if it's going to cost you much more than you're going to make, then of course you're going to choose to stay home, not having to pay for childcare, not having to pay for all of these extras in terms of eating out and all of that. So it's just a make sense kind of thing. And why should our people have to say, you know, do we have to be stupid? I mean, right. you know, if the smart choice is to do what is what is best for you and most convenient financially, then that's okay. We have the right to make the, the, the smart decision and nobody should force us to go to work in conditions that are worse than, we, than they would be if we stayed home. Well, and that's really, I mean, that's a good point. And one of the largest employers now uh, is going to be giving people who work for them, uh, you know, it starts with the W, uh, giving people who work for them uh, free college uh, uh, money to go to college uh, and to and books and stuff. I mean, it's like, okay, they got to give people some kind of incentive uh, uh, to come back. But again, the working conditions was tough. I mean, and a lot of these people were frontline, uh, you know, uh, so sometimes the essential workers, some people have gotten sick out there. But I, I think, I think, I think, you know, one of the things that about the liberty, liberty is, is uh, different from, uh, it's different from uh, uh, so-called democracy. A liberty uh, is the right to have self-determination. And mm -hmm. some of these people are, are utilizing liberty to have self-determination. I'm going to do something differently. And it's okay. I mean, it, it really is okay to be on another path. Yes, and it's important. It's we have to find an opportunity to support that, and to um, to lift them, like you say, you right. know, to lift the people that are that are actually taking these risks. Um, right. 
so that they can move forward and they can do well. Um, and then we can continue to reproduce our, our business opportunities. Well, but one thing uh, we've seen, uh, the more money uh, the, the, uh, the people make, the more money they want. Uh, and uh, we have to, like you say, have the, uh, the government has to support small businesses. And we can't continue to let them just be run out and everybody have sent all their money. All of the money in the world goes to Amazon. All of the money goes to the W's. I mean, mm -hmm. there's something wrong with that picture because it stifles creativity. I mean, you got people who have a creative idea and all they need, uh, uh, you know, sometimes I tell my kids, the only difference between my kids and uh, Ted Turner them and all these other people is capital. Sometimes all they need is a little capital. And sometimes it's not a, sometimes you don't need three or $400,000 to start a business like they do in some of the other countries. They give the women uh, uh, those 300, uh, three, some countries they give a woman $300 and that woman goes and do so much with that $300 until she turns it around. Some places it's $3,000. But if you would invest in women uh, uh, this way, women can actually save an economy and, and create jobs if there's not a lot of jobs, but create jobs around the community so people will have something safe. Right, right. And that's and, and that brings us back to the Jones Act. And, and um, even now that we are, you know, we have all this money, like I was saying, there's this money flowing around. Um, I was talking to somebody that was talking to me about tips and saying, wow, I've never seen so many tips in my life. I thought people were just, you know, they don't like to tip, but I realize now that it's just that they didn't have money. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> more than ever. Um, but what we are, though, what we are here is we are captive consumers. Right. That's right? all of us. That's why they, yeah. that's we're, right. We're captive right. consumers here on the island. And, and the Jones Act has everything to do with that. Right. And so right. almost everything that we consume here has to come from the United States or through the United States. Right, yeah, we got and, one minute, so we'll have to wrap it up in a minute. But we have the, all of these big companies, just whatever we do, they're making big bucks off of they're it. They're making big bucks, really. They get to stay rich while you all get, while the island people stay poor. And that's, right. that's the idea of what's happening. Oh, I just appreciate you being on my show today. Uh, and I hope you enjoyed the music and tell your family I said hello. Uh, and I'm sure that when you come to Seattle, we'll see you again, right? All right. I'll see you soon. And thank you so much for celebrating with me, celebrating our gold. So you're welcome. Thank take you. Take care. See you soon. You're you listening to the Mother Jester Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host from Walden. Tune in next week for a great show. Thank you. Freedom and